Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And uh, on the network, there's a show called Who the Heck Are We? Their latest episode with Dr. Michael Rico Messina the Philippine basketball history enthusiast and collector. Check that out on their page. Most popular episodes on YouTube, Bernie Fabios is at number one, Abby King, etc., all the way down to Manny Paner. Which one is your favorite? Keep watching us on YouTube. The Globally Balling Network has original articles, audio and video projects, a bunch of shows on the right, and all the sports and social media. Go to globallyballing.com to check all of that out. And catch our live episodes now on Twitter, on the Twitter page of Globally Ballin. So you can catch us instead of YouTube, Facebook. If you don't want those platforms, you can go to Twitter. We're there. Okay, here we are. This is episode 153. Charlie Kunapo once again, together with Jay Mercado today and Sid Ventura. And uh, episode 153, guys, uh, lots of excitement for this one because yep. uh, we tracked him down. He's ready to tell us his stories. Uh, one conference import for Añejo. Of course, that's Hidebra. They were called Añejo at the time. Averaged 53.5 points a game, 15.6 rebounds, 3.9 assists. No, not too many assists because he was doing all the scoring. 2.6 blocks in that one conference teamed up with a fellow named Tommy. And uh, yeah, let's just, just bring him in because he, he's the one, one going to tell us all the stories. His name's Jumpin' Joe Ward. He's with us today. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Thanks for coming yeah. on the show. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's All our right. pleasure that you're here, Coach. And, it, it, you know, because you, you, you're you known as Jumping Joe Ward. But, uh, you know, we remember the dunks and those three-pointers and everything that you did here, 53 and a half points per game. That's crazy. But but let, let's go. Let's start from the start, Coach. Uh, you know, I, I know you're from Georgia. Uh, now yes. you're based in Tennessee, but back then you were in Georgia. Uh, I know there's a lot of football over there in Georgia, some other sports. Why Why did you choose basketball? Well, basically, man, it was something I've been doing since a kid. Uh, football was never my thing. Uh, when I first picked the basketball up at the age of 11 years old, I used to get beat all the time by my Aunt Betty, who was a great outstanding <laughs> basketball player. And I started playing because I got tired of losing to her. And so I worked hard, became a decent player as a young man, and I played park and recreation. And from there, high, you know, high school, because I went from park and recreation right to high school. And the rest is pretty much history. I, I continued to work, got better and better and better every day, and ended up being a pretty decent player. I was blessed to be the number one basketball player in the state of Georgia, second best ball forward in the country. And out of high school, I chose to go to Clemson University. And after my freshman year, I transferred back home to the University of Georgia. I had an outstanding mm -hmm. career before being drafted 
second round, 31st pick by the Phoenix Suns. That's right. Well, tell us a little a little more about your aunt, you know, the, the, the lady. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell us about that. I mean, you said she was a oh. pretty good basketball player. Did she, play, did she play varsity ball as well? Yes, he did. She played high school basketball. She was left-handed. And we used to play in the backyard all the time, man. So I, I would spend my summers with my grandparents. And so we're playing on bed in the backyard on dirt with a nice little uh, bicycle rim on a you know piece of wood. Her, playing, her and I playing all the time. I just could not beat her. And then I grew. I went from five six to six three from the sixth grade to the seventh grade. So I got big enough that I could finally beat her. And when I beat her, man, I was the happiest basketball player in the world. Believe me. <laughs> What five six to six three? That's yes. crazy in one summer. Yes, one summer I did. It's nine nine inches. <laughs> nine inches, that's man. More. One yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's more than the growth spurt of David Robinson, because David Robinson tells us about that that big yes. growth. I think he grew he grew seven inches, I think, in one summer. With yeah, that. that's why I thought I was going to be six eight, six nine, or seven feet, man. But I only got as high as six six. Well, that's that's tall enough. Uh, but growing up, Joe, uh, Coach Joe, who were your basketball idols aside from your aunt, of course? Oh man, two people, uh, man. Julia Serving, as we all know, is Dr. J. Yeah. And Pistol Pete Maravich. Pistol Those Pete, two yeah. gentlemen, I was blessed. They was a part of my life. They was a part of mentoring me, teaching me, talking to me, encouraging me. They just kind of adopted me as a little brother, both of them. And I would listen to both of them, spend a lot of time with both Dr. J and Pete Maravich. And those two men, you know, from a professional standpoint, was you know mildly involved in my career and my life. So I thank God for him putting them two men in my life because they was not only outstanding basketball players, but they was outstanding people. Dr. J is still alive, praise God. And now Pete Maravich is going home to be with Jesus, man. But Pete Maravich, when I left playing professionally in France, called me to encourage me to let me know that I was having some problem at the time. Matter of fact, it was Spain. Uh, I was having some problem with the team and they wanted to make a change. They wanted to get a bigger guy. And so I had signed a pretty nice contract with them and they you know, basically didn't want to pay me. But at the same time, we negotiated a settlement and I talked to Pete Maravich during that week and he encouraged me to come home. And so my wife uh, negotiated the contract. We got the settlement, got on the plane, left Barcelona, Spain, came back to Atlanta, Georgia. And I went to visit my mom and that evening, when I got from the airport going to my mom, my mom said, did you see the news? And I said, no, man, what, what news? She said, well, some basketball player passed away today. And so, you know, I was sitting in her living room and on the five o'clock news, when Pete Maravich's face came on that TV screen, man, I screamed and hollered, man. I was devastated. Oh I just talked to him four days before this happened. And so it was, it was quite devastating for me, man. And so, you know, it, it, it hurt me tremendously. So I lost a dear friend, a mentor, and, and a wonderful man. Oh, my God, man. If you ever got a chance to spend time with this man, man, it was like basketball encyclopedia all day long. He knew more about basketball, man, than I could ever learn. Yeah. Did you ever How consider you... going to – sorry, Charlie. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Sid. Yeah, did you ever consider going to LSU because of uh, Pete Maravick? No, I didn't. I didn't meet Pete until my uh, the latter part of my professional career. Matter of fact, mm -hmm. uh, Pete and I and Mark Price, who played with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Mark also played at Georgia Tech. We had a speaking engagement in Atlanta, Georgia, for Dr. Charles Stanley at his church, at First Baptist Church of Atlanta. 
So that was my first encounter of meeting Pete Maravich. And so when I met him, man, he spoke last. Mark spoke first. I spoke second. And I was so intrigued by Pete's life, man, that I just knew I wanted to stay connected to this man. And he was so kind to, to, to pull me into his life and keep me involved in his life. So I finished my college career and, and went pro. And so during my professional career, you know, he, he, kept, me, he kept me under his wings. He had a basketball camp called the Pistol Pete Maravich Homework Basketball Camp. And I used to go, it'd be about 250 kids a week. And Pete used to teach, teach the game. And I learned from a standpoint of my camp, all the stuff that I do in my basketball camp, I learned from Pete Maravich. And so uh, that relationship, man, was just special. And I thank God for it because he was a wonderful man. Did, did you meet... I'm sorry, go, go ahead, Charlie. Okay, did, did you meet... Uh, uh, did you know about... Pete Maravich before that? Would you be watching him on TV and all that, or did you just meet him there at the church? No, I, no, 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 no. Pete Maravich, man, was averaging, matter of fact, his record in the Southeastern Conference, right. you talk about me averaging 53 points a game in the Philippines, Pete Maravich averaged 44 points a game in the SEC, which yeah. that record would never be broken. I don't care what. No one with, no three point shot. with no three-point no, shot. With no three-point shot. Exactly. With no, with no three-point <laughs> shot. Yeah. I'm talking about six, 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 seven-point guard, man. This guy was incredible ball handling, but Pete right, could right. Fast shoot the basketball, man. So I just knew about him like any other kid. So when I met him in Atlanta there, I, I was man, I was blown away, man. I was just like amazed to, to finally get a chance to meet someone that all I could do is watch on television when he played for the Atlanta Hawks and uh, right, admire right. him and, and, and shake his hand for, for the first time in my life, man. I was honored. That's right. That's right. Jay. Yeah. You said he inspired you. What part of his life did he inspire you? Well, the, the part as far as his relationship with Christ, uh, mm -hmm. Pete was a partier at first. You know, he would tell you in a minute his life. He was a wild man. Mm -hmm. And then one day he went to go do a basketball clinic at, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, who was his name? Uh, uh, forgot his name. It'll come to me in a minute. But he went out to Colorado to do a basketball clinic for this huge ministry. And in being there, Pete spoke and shared a lot with, uh, man, what is his name? I can't think of his name. But he would tell me about it. And that's where he you know, met Christ because while being out there, you know, Pete was influenced by some people and and, and uh, he finally settled down because he started realizing that there was more to life than basketball. And so he started, you know, basketball with his God for a long time. And then he finally realized that I got a wife and two kids, you know, uh, and, and so uh, his life began to change. And when he was out in this, this basketball camp, he spoke, he got saved and gave his life to Christ. And the rest is pretty much history. He started realizing that, you know, I want to be able to, to, to have a legacy where I make a difference and an impact. Now, back then, it was said that Pete had five goals in life. He wanted to live to be 40 years old. He wanted to consider to be one of the top basketball players to ever live. He wanted to be the highest paid, one of the highest paid basketball players to ever play the game. And he wanted to win an NBA championship. And so that those four things and, and uh and there was one other thing he said. Uh, oh, he wanted to be a Hall of Famer. Well, 
Pete unfortunately passed away at 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The year that he passed away, that year Pete was with the Boston Celtics. And when he was with the Boston Celtics, he would have been with Larry Bird, but Pete walked away from the game. When he walked away from the game that year at 40 years old, the Boston Celtics won the NBA championship. Pete was on that team, but he walked away and quit. He died at 40 years old. When he played for the Atlanta Hawks, he was the highest paid NBA player at the time. And you and I, all, all of us know that now Pistol Pete Merriman is a Hall of Famer. So all those things were basically his desires. And all of them came to pass based on what he spoke and what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, he's incredible. Great, great that you had the opportunity to meet a, a, a guy that we just watch. We watch his tapes. We see yeah. all those no look passes and the floppy socks and the hair yeah. and all of that. that that's that's what we know about him. But, but yeah, di- dying so early that was tragic. Uh, you know, playing. But he was playing basketball when he passed away, right? He he had a yeah, heart attack. He, on the yes, court. matter of fact. He was uh, he was doing a basketball clinic uh, at, at, at this church in Cal- in uh, Colorado. Man, I cannot believe, Doctor. Oh man, I cannot believe I can't say who this man was. But it'll come to me one of these days. I'll be able to say it. But you're right. He was playing basketball. And 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 and, and an interesting thing when I when Pete passed away, there were some questions I had. I was I was hurt. So I, I mean, I was so hurt. And I was talking to God about it, and I was saying some things that you know. How can a man like this leave so early? And one of the things, man, that uh, uh, I, I needed some closure. I needed some answers. And I really needed to understand a lot of stuff, man, that, you know, I, I was blown away. And so when I was talking to God about it and I was praying, and one of the things that happened that week, a couple of weeks later, I got a letter in the mail. And it was addressing me from Pistol Pete Maribridge. So you can imagine getting a letter from someone that had passed away. So I was almost afraid to even open the letter. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I opened it, and here's what it said. It talked about a lot of things about my career, about me playing. He was looking forward to spending more time with me. But at the end, there was this scripture Um that was at the end. It was John 14, 26. Now, mind you, I need an answer as to why. So I'm talking to God about it. I say, why this? Why would you let something like this happen to Pete? I was blaming God for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the, the scripture that was at the end of that letter. It says, John 14, 26, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you will rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Mm-hmm. And now I have told you be- before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming, talking about Satan, and he has no hold and nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father and as the Father gave to me. And so I took that scripture that Pete was sending me a message that everything, first of all, was going to be all right and that he was home with the Father 
and that Pete had peace. Now, that was one of the things that Pete used to do all the time. He used to always talk about going to heaven all the time. And I used to tell Pete, look, Pete, I'm trying to live as long as I can. I ain't trying to go to heaven no time soon. <laughs> I like earth, I like being here. But he was content with always wanting to go home to be with Jesus. So right away, that brought a lot of peace to me because I knew and I know that Pete was in a much better place. So that meant a lot to me. And uh, that letter, I, I, I carried that letter for years. And I lost it later on in life, man. And uh, something that I wish I had to this day. Because those floppy socks was mm -hmm. his letterhead. Okay. <laughs> just his no socks. So that letter was very special to me, man. Right, right. That's that's a great, that's a great Pete Meyerovich story. story. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. but 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 let's go back to you, Joe. I mean, let's go back to you. How how does a guy, you know, so you're playing varsity ball in high school, and then and you're pretty good because obviously there are a lot of NCAA Division One schools looking at you. How do you end up at Clemson? When I was in the eighth grade, I played against a young man from Thomason, Georgia, where my dad is from. His name was Daryl Lockhart. Clemson was recruiting him. He was six nine, center. Can shoot the ball, handle the ball, man, outstanding player. So I made the varsity as an eighth grade. So that summer, we planned summer basketball. We played against Ari Lee and we played against Daryl Lockhart. And Dwight Rainey was in the stands scouting Daryl Lockhart. Mm -hmm. So as an eighth grader, eighth grader coming up to be a ninth grader that next season, I played against him. Uh, that summer and had an outstanding performance. I mean, I was dunking, jumping, scoring. And so Dwight Rainey came up to my high school basketball coach at the time. His name is Bobby York. And he said, Bobby, if that young man right there continued to get better, we might offer him a scholarship one day. So Coach York told me that. By telling me that they might offer me a scholarship, man, it meant the world. So I took that might and begin to work and work and work and work that I want to turn that might into a possibility, a reality that they'll come back. Well, I didn't know that not only Clemson came back, but 299 plus people offered me a scholarship. So I was blessed to have over wow. 300 scholarship offers when I graduated from high school. Wow. And I went to visit San Diego State, Louisville, North Carolina, uh, Kentucky, Auburn, Georgia. I visited all these schools, but I reverted back to the very first school who said, if I continue to work hard and get better, they might offer me a scholarship. So when I sign with Clemson, I say, Did I, am I good enough? They say, son, yes, you are. Sign right here. So I signed, and that was because of Dwight Rainey. And I played in the ACC for a year. And uh, after my freshman year, I, I transferred back home to the University of Georgia because there was a difference in style of play, playing in the ACC versus the SEC. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. I like pressing, getting up and down the floor and getting all over guys. We didn't do that much in the ACC at the time. Mm -hmm. I was playing for Coach Bill Foster at Clemson. Wonderful man. Uh, we had an outstanding team. Uh, matter of fact, Larry Nance had just went pro when I got there. Mm -hmm in mm -hmm. 1981. So I was considered like his rook. And, and little did I know, he was a mentor to me when he was at Clemson before he went to the uh, mm -hmm. uh, Phoenix Suns. And then I get drafted by the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix 1981. Sun, yeah. Now I'm teaming back up with Larry Nance. So that was wonderful. That's 
Right. I love the fact that all these names that you're saying, mm, Dr. Yeah. J, Pistol yeah. Pete, Larry Nance, you know. Yeah, we, so we you, grew up. You've been blessed. These, <laughs> yes. these are the guys we idolized as well when, yeah. when we were younger. But so, but what happens after a school like Clemson gives you a, a scholarship uh, to play? And then after a year, you decide, I'm going back to Georgia. How does that, how did, what did Coach Foster say and, and the rest of the Clemson people? I mean, you know, that was like anything, anything. They were disappointed. Uh, I was kind of impatient because I wanted to play a lot. I didn't play as much. I mean, I only mm-hmm. played back then. If we got behind offensively, I would get put in the game and then I would play decent enough to score and then get us back in the game and then I'd be mm-hmm. taken out and sitting down. Back then, you know, freshmen, you know, really didn't get a whole lot of chances. Nowadays, the freshmen just run a whole program for the most part. And, uh, you know, these are my standing young men today as far as playing the game. So, basically, you know, it's just one of those things that worked out just right that I could leave Clemson and uh, head back home to the University of Georgia where, you know, you had Dominique Wilkins, James Banks, mm-hmm. Vernon Fleming, Gerald Crosby, right. Donald mm-hmm. Hartree. Mm-hmm. We had athlete Terry Fair. We had guys, man, you know, from a standpoint of pressure defense, you know, full court pressure. We climb all over you. As a matter of fact, my first year back to Georgia – in 1983, I was red that year, and that's the year we end up. Dominique Wilkins went pro with, with, with the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. We right. end up going to the Final Four. We got beat by NC State, who right. went on eventually went on to win it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coach yeah, Jeff Galvano. Yeah, so yep, Cinderella yep. run. Yeah, of, uh, yep, yep. Smack, yeah. yeah. With, with, with yeah. Valvano was running all over the place, right? Yeah. Yes, sir, <laughs> yeah. all over yeah. the place. That yeah. was yeah, yeah. we were losing that Final Four. Yeah. Know that, okay. yeah. yeah. Were you a shooting guard or a small forward? Uh, in the pros, two guards, small forward. In college, oh, okay. uh, I played three, four, and five. Matter of fact, I ended wow. up starting. I ended up starting as a center uh, my junior year. Oh, okay. Inside, so that's one of the things that helped our team. I mean, I, I was outside shooter. So the the Sam Bowies, the Melvin Turpins. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the bigs in the SEC would have to come out on the floor and guard me, and they really couldn't because they were too, <laughs> too slow. Yeah, that became a plus for me. That's right. And then the next year, my senior year, I ended up playing small forward, no two guard. So he wouldn't let me play the guard spot. So I played small forward uh, my senior oh, yeah. year. That's crazy that you played center at, at the yeah, Division yeah. One level. You know, at your height, yeah, so you were you were basically a, a mismatch to, to everybody in one way or another. That's why they call me Jumping Joe. <laughs> you weren't the tallest in your in your team, right? Huh? You, you were not the tallest in your team. Exactly. So that helped out. Okay. Um, that, that helped me out to be able to play because the bigs that we have back then didn't really shoot the ball that well. So I could shoot go. it. I could defend. Mm-hmm. I could okay. rebound. So he would put me in and let me start as a six five, yeah. six six. You know. Uh, uh, Center. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy for for Coach Durham to to, to do that. We even think of making you a center, yeah. did, but because well, you, you didn't play center in the past, right? You weren't a center no, in high school. No, 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 no. Except my. How did you feel when school. he said, "Hey, you're going to play center, Joe"? Man, I don't care. I, I was you telling me. As long as I was on the floor, that's all I cared about. So I like thanks, I Coach. I, I, I'll play. I'll play center. It don't matter. As long as I'm playing, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah, did you post okay. up or face uh, face a basket? What's that? Did you post up or did you face the basket? No, no, face the basket. So that, that, that's one of the things I like yeah, right. because mm-hmm. our offense, I would come to the top of the key, receive the mm-hmm. basketball, and I could shoot all day because the big 
was scared to come out and guard me because if you came out, I go right by you yeah. and dunk it. So they yeah. didn't want to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you would then you would go over them anyway, even if they were there. Yeah, I'll ask you. I'll ask this now already because someone already put it in the comments. Did they ever measure your vertical leap, Joe? Mm. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, it, it, matter of fact, it got up to forty-seven inches. Wow, wow that's pretty wow. high. Crazy. Four feet. Uh, four, like, uh, four feet. Yeah. yeah. Joe Johnson uh, levels, huh? Yeah. Back in the day, I used to well, Joey Johnson. Out of high school and college, I used to do dunk shows. Because you know when you you know back then I'm 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 59 I'll be 6 in January, and I my last dunk took place when I was 52 in one of my basketball camp, and I'll never forget it, man. I I, I was the kids have been talking to me about you know I have 500 we was blessed we averaged about 500 kids a week to come to our camp, and they kept saying, let me see your dunk, let me see your dunk, we want to see your dunk. I said no 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 I won't be dunking this week. I finally said okay, I, guys I'm going to dunk this week. Well I did, and when I took off. I pulled a groin on the way up, Oops. and I pulled a groin <laughs> on the way down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Double groin injury. <laughs> yeah. And I laid down the final, and I told my nephew, uh, CJ, I said, CJ, go get your auntie. Uh, and, uh, no, I said, Cody, go get your auntie. Tell her come help me. But uh, it was amazing. I finished the week, but, boy, I was in a lot of pain. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you realize, yeah, I'm not that young anymore. No, huh? no, 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 no. And jump, I have jump, jumping Joe can't not, jump that much anymore. Uh -huh. No, no, sir. It ain't no 47 no more. It's more like 17. That's right. That's right. I think this is perfect because we're talking about you know you're already uh, in an NTA Division One. We're 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 in that part of your story. Maybe we should we should start this segment of our show. It's called the time capsule, Joe. Ah. The time capsule. Uh, Sid prepared a bunch of uh, photos from your career, so. We'll go through them and then we'll tell stories along the way. So let's enter the time capsule now. This portion is brought to us by Champs House of Chicken. Whoa. You can try their house roast chicken. It's good stuff. We just yep. had some yep. over the weekend. I like, I like to have some of that chicken. We're going to give you some of that. Joe, you visit the Philippines, you're going to get yep. some house roast chicken for sure. So check out the social media of Champs House of Chicken. Uh, they deliver to Metro Manila, Cavite, and Laguna via Lala Move and Talk Talk. So check them out. Champs House of Chicken on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, let's look at photo number one. Oh, here there we go. you go. Oh. Oh. You, wow. mentioned about... Sam Bowie. Sam you mentioned Bowie. Sam yeah. Bowie. There, there you go. <laughs> yes. You played with some great players uh, at, at the University of Georgia. You mentioned Vern Fleming, of course. You know Jim Banks played here in the Philippines as well. Yes, Jim exactly. A, year before, a couple of years before you came. Uh, you know, and then later on, you had guys like Cedric Henderson. You know, yes. uh, Tony Mack also played here in, in yes. the Philippines Ginebra. as well. Wow. Yeah, for Ginebra, for the same team that you played yeah. for. So, hey, tell us about these guys and the, the camaraderie you had. I mean, were, were most of them homegrown? Were they Georgia guys or, or were they from out of state? Out of state, matter of fact, Tony Mack was from Florida. Matter of fact, Harvest McMillan was from Florida. Richard Corn right there from Macon, Georgia. And uh, uh, the, the, the picture here against Georgia Tech. That shot right there, Georgia Tech was number one in the country. That's John Sally, Craig Neal, uh, Mark, Mark Price, Bruce Dalrymple. Uh, Wayne Farrell. This is the guy guarding Wayne, Wayne Farrell. Uh -huh. Hey, there were six guys on that floor. All six of those guys played in the NBA. Uh, we was losing by one mm -hmm. with, I think, about 15 seconds to go in the game. Coach York, I mean, no, Coach Durham called a timeout. And when he called timeout to run this play – it was a pick down where, I, where a guard would come down to the pick for me to flash up to the top. And I came to the huddle in the timeout. I kept saying this scripture, I can do all things through Christ. 
would strengthen me. I kept saying that. And they kept trying to get me to come in the huddle to go over the play. Joe, get over here. Joe, get in here. Get in here. Coach Durham said, leave that fool alone. He'll be all right. He know he's going to take the shot. So I never came to the huddle. So I kept saying that. So when I picked down, I kept saying I could do all things that Christ would strengthen me. I popped it to the top, received the basketball, and shot the winning jump shot to beat Georgia Tech by one point. And there's a photo wow. that was taken. There were six players on the floor because Craig Neal was trying to get off the floor before I took that shot. And he Ooh. was trying to run off. And all six guys on the floor, and I took the shot. And the referee didn't even see it. But it didn't matter because I made the shot. To beat Georgia Tech, <laughs> uh, to beat Georgia so, Tech, so there should have been a technical foul, right? Too many should players on the court, but it didn't matter because I made the jumper, and so we beat. That's That's the important part. For, for those who don't remember, uh, the photo on the right side, <laughs> when Joe's uh, looking out the pass, I guess you're going to want to pass. The guy posting up beside you, that's Jim Banks, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's yes. he played for Magnolia in 1986. The San Miguel. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, what a small world. Yeah, that's he also replaced. Yeah, he, he also came in as a replacement import, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yes, right. Yeah, Jim, Banks. Uh, Jim Banks. He replaced yeah. Don Don Collins, right? Don yeah, Collins. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes exactly, exactly. Okay. Don Collins, who played for the Washington Bullets. Bullets, yeah. and that's and that on the on the right side, that's Cedric Henderson. Where I got the ball right there, and somebody got their hands up guarding me. That uh -huh. player to the right, that's Cedric Henderson. Now, I was the 31st pick in the NBA draft in '86, and Cedric mm -hmm. Henderson was number 32. I went to Phoenix and he went to the Atlanta Hawks. And he, was, right. he and I was roommate together. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, the middle photo, yeah, that's of course that's Bowie against uh, going yes. up against Ken Kentucky. Now I remember you, you you played in Clemson, which is in the ACC, uh, uh, and North, North Carolina had a had a rookie uh, guard also that year named Michael Jordan, right? And Yes. Uh, I, I'm just wondering, did you ever play against the University of Houston during your time at uh, Georgia? Against Houston? Yeah. I the did. Matter fact, Pies, Lama, Jama. Yes. Matter of fact, my freshman year, when mm -hmm. I played at Clemson, we played in the Houston Kettle Classic. And okay. that's the first time I saw Akeem Elijah Akeem. one. There you go. Uh, Michaud, Clyde Drexler, and oh, all those guys we played in Texas in the Houston Kettle uh -huh. Classic. We played against Houston. And Iowa was there uh, as well. Iowa yeah. had at the time big fella, two big guys, Michael Payne and uh, Stewart, uh, big guy left-handed. We got beat by Houston, who ended up playing against Iowa for the championship. And uh, uh, so we did. I played against five seven gentlemen, all them guys. Now, they yeah. wasn't wow. five seven back then. They, yeah. they became that because – Akeem couldn't, you know, he was not all, I mean, he wasn't that good at that. He point. wasn't, yeah. yeah. He, he wasn't very coordinated. Game. Oh, my God. He became yeah. the man later on in life. But yeah. Yeah. That, that time, in 1981, he wasn't that good. So, so you, during your college career, you were able to go up against the top three picks of the 1984 yes. NBA draft, right? Akeem, <laughs> yeah. Sam Bowie, and, and Michael Jordan. Yeah. And see, right, and see right. Michael, Michael and I came out at the same time. We both yeah. were in the class of 1981. Mm -hmm. uh, Manuel Forrest at the time was number one in the country. I was two, and MJ was three. But wow. MJ was a, he was a late bloomer when it comes to high school ball mm -hmm. and everything. So he and I go way back, way way back. And uh, we've been blessed to play against each other, uh, high school wise, college wise, and professional wise. And then we you know we play a lot of golf. Uh, he has a celebrity golf tournament, and for a number of years, I was one of the celebrities 
that were playing his celebrity golf classic. Oh, wow. I mean, wow. All years now, but at the time, we, we play a lot of golf together and stuff during that time. What is your playing weight at that time? What, were you 180, 190? Back then? Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, my playing weight at the time was 211. 211, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, that's in the pros. 211. Uh, yeah. uh, these some of these pictures here in college, I was what, like a buck 95. My freshman year, I was 195, and then sophomore, junior, and on, I was about 210, 211. Oh, wow, okay. And yeah, you could still jump that that way, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh -huh. no, that was never a problem. Never, never. A, how did you develop that the leaping ability, Joe? Is it something you worked on? Like, like Spud yes. tells the story of how he would, you know, make his legs stronger and all of that. Did you actually work on that, or was it inborn? My main thing was I tell kids, even to this day, get a jump rope, spend a lot of time jump roping, running stadium steps, getting in a pool, ocean, a lot of water with tennis shoes on, doing defensive slide and finding some, you know, yeah, way yeah, high yeah. water and jumping up and down in the water, up and down. But the main thing that I that I think contributed to my verticals was jump roping and everything. Okay, wow, okay. So listen yeah. up, kids. I, I don't know that kids don't watch our show because, you know, it's the old guys who watch <laughs> yeah, our show. Right. Yeah, but, but you know, if there's any kids watching, do the jump rope. Yeah, you want to jump run the, stand, run the steps and stand and get a jump rope. Guarantee you, yeah. you'll pick up some inches for your vertical. <laughs> That's right. What are your, what are your uh, most memorable moments uh, playing for Georgia? Most memorable moment was playing against Bill Foster, when I transferred from Clemson and went back to Georgia, he left Clemson and became the head coach for the University of Miami. Right. So we ended up playing in the NIT against Bill Foster, my old coach. Mm -hmm. And so we played down in Miami, and they beat us by one. One point. They hit a shot at the buzzer. We were going to win the game, but they hit a shot at the buzzer to beat us by one. I had 42 points that night. Ooh. And I gave up all 42 points just to have a chance to beat him by one, if that would have been the case, because I wanted to beat him just that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you always want to do that. I guess your former team, former coach. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to, you want. Who, who was your, who was a guy that, that you matched up, you know, like it was a fierce matchup. When you, when you knew Georgia was going to play whatever school, you and he were going to go at each other all the time. Were there, well, were there I, people it, like that? It, it's simple. Auburn. Because Charles Barkley and I was in the class Barkley. of 81. So Charles and I go way back. So I dunked on Charles on CBS. Uh, we played him in our place <laughs> on national television. I took off on one side. He came in from the other side. And I jumped. And I took off and dunked on Charles. To this day, he won't never let me live that down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. Playing against him was always a big highlight. Because he always tried to pay me back. But I would never let that happen. <laughs> That's great. So you played against Barkley as well. And you also mentioned Mel Turpin, right? So yeah. Yeah, all of those were uh, among the top five picks of the 84 draft. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. best of the best. In 1984, you're right. Yeah. You went up who, who was the better who was the better center? Was it Sam Bowie or Mel Turpin? Oh, it was easy. I mean, Sam Bowie, man, was just incredible, man. Had he oh, had he no, not no. had those those feet problems, the injuries and stuff, man. He, I mean, this dude, man, could just he could handle the ball, he could shoot it, mm -hmm. he could do everything, man. Seven mm -hmm. foot one, seven foot two, he was phenomenal, man. I'm telling you, incredible. Yeah, smart, really smart too. Yes, yeah. passer and all of that. Okay, great. Let's look at the next photo, please, uh, Claude's. Okay, so so you're you're playing well in Georgia. You have some you have some 
honors your second team, I think, all-conference or something, and all-American. And, and then eventually, uh, NBA scouts are watching you, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're looking to, to pick you up. Did you know that the Phoenix Suns were going to draft you? No. Matter of fact, I was encouraged or told when I came out of high school, I went to Portsmouth in Chicago. We had a back then we had a couple of pre NBA camps to go yeah. to out of college. And I was projected to be a fifth or sixth round draft pick based on my numbers when I was at Georgia. But because I performed so well in Chicago and I played so well in, in Pittsburgh in uh, at the uh uh at the PIT classic, I went from a fifth, sixth round, shot right up. And was told that you know I, I probably end up going higher. I didn't know I would go thirty first pick second round, and so that was a direct result of me working hard in the off season, not you know letting any grass grow under my feet, getting myself prepared. So when I got drafted, if given a chance, I would be ready and I would be prepared. So when you got to Phoenix, what was it like? Uh, oh my God, it was beautiful, man. <laughs> Hot all the time. <laughs> And um, it's one of those things, man, where, you know, uh, it, it was different because I'd never been to Arizona before. So after I got drafted, all the rookies, matter of fact, I'm looking at a couple of guys in this photo uh, that was there a year before I was. Uh, myself, William Bedford was the number one pick. I was number two right. at 31st. Uh, Raphael Addison was the third rookie. Mm -hmm. Kenny Gaddison was the fourth rookie. Jeff Hornacek was number five, and Grant Gundersack was number six. So mm -hmm. we had six rookies on our team in 1986 there with the Phoenix Suns. So that was kind of special because no team had ever signed six rookies like that before until then. Yeah, a bunch of young guys. Of course, Bedford didn't pan out. But but I'm looking at this photo right now. There's three PBA imports in this yep. in this photo, no? FYI, Cedric Tony, and, of course, uh, Bernard, Bernard Thompson, Thompson also played in the wow. PBA as well. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, so three, three P, three PBA veterans in this, <laughs> yes, room, in this photo. And, and Cedric, of course, the, Nick Nick Vanos. We know what happened to him. He passed away mm -hmm. in that that plane crash. So rest mm -hmm. in peace. We Nick listen. Vanos. Me and AC Green was together in Los Angeles. We had just got finished playing the Lakers um, that night uh, during the summertime, and we flew from LA to the Virgin Islands to do a basketball camp and clinic with Walt Frazier at the time. So we flew down there. And when we got there, you know, we heard about the plane crash and the whole nine, man. That was pretty devastating, man. And I just told Nick, you know, we had just finished with the L.A. Summer League because he and I played together. All of us, me, him, and Cedric Tony, we, we played in the L.A. Summer League together with the Phoenix Suns. And we, you know, told each other bye and that we would see each other come October when, when we had to report to camp. And when we saw that crash, man, it was it was devastating, man. It, it, it just tore me apart. Yeah. And I remember this all over the news as well. Yeah. CNN Sports yeah. Late Night yeah. had that. Yes. Uh, so, How did yeah. you end up with number 32, by the way? Uh, the, my number 32? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 30, 31st in the draft? With, uh, with the number? Uh, your jersey. Your jersey. Oh, my jersey. Since, since I was in high school. that Well, Dr. J... When he played in the ABA yeah. with the Virginia Squires and the Nets, he had number 32 back then before go. he got to the Philadelphia 76ers where he later ended up getting uh, number six. Right. Mm -hmm. But but his, the first part of his career, 
if Dr. J was number 32, I was going to be number 32. <laughs> that makes, that right. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Of course. And, I, and I've been wearing 32 my whole career because of Dr. J. Yeah, yeah. How was the experience? So you guys were playing preseason games and you were part of the team and all of that. Were you were you rookie Hayes? Did you have to carry the bags for the vets and all of that? Oh, man, listen. I'm looking at some of the guys right now, man. These will make me go to McDonald's at 3 o'clock in the morning and go get them something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Larry Nelson. My roommate was Walter Davis at the time. Oh, wow, the great yeah, one of the best. Yeah, you know, uh, he would say, Hey, Rook, I need you to make a run for me right quick. So I'd jump up out the bed, put my shoes on, man, and go get him something to eat and come on back and make sure I took care of it because it was so much fun back then, man, that you did that kind of stuff. <laughs> and one time, uh, it was Gerald Henderson, matter of fact, uh, mm -hmm. I was with his Phoenix Suns another year. And Jared called me and said, hey, Rook, I need you to come go wash my truck. And uh, he would give me a $100 bill, and I'd go wash his truck. And I'd come in and get ready to give him his change. He said, keep the change. I said, oh, man, this is prosper, man. I like this. So I, I enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> a $6 car wash, I get a chance to keep $94. I love it. <laughs> Here's a question. Did you, did you do a dunk contest with Larry Nance in practice? Yep. No, we, we we used to do some dunk stuff, but a lot of the dunks that Larry used to do, I, I copied a lot of those dunks and stuff and everything. Yeah. So, you know, those guys, as they get older, man, they don't do stuff like that anymore. They just, you know, they get their paycheck, they play when they got to play. And you, you, you're a young <laughs> man coming in, you want to play every day. They're like, no, Rook, we're going to rest today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was man, hungry. Man, man. I was Larry trying to play as much as I could. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's What's the next crazy, yeah, what's yeah. The, let's check the next photo, Claude. Okay, so this this happens. So after Phoenix, yeah. uh, you, you move to the CBA and you play for a bunch of teams. In yes. the CBA. Wow. What, what kind of an experience is that? Lots of crazy stories about the CBA, Joe. Oh, I, man, you know what? I, I cherish every single one of these teams. Man, every one was absolutely special to me. Every one of them. Starting with the Savannah Spirit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I played there. Uh, Henry Bibri, uh, who played for UCLA and also the mm -hmm. Philadelphia 76ers, he was my coach. And uh, that was my first experience playing in CBA. And we was an outstanding team. One of my greatest memory was uh, we played up in Virginia one night, and I went up to get an offensive rebound, defensive rebound, offensive rebound, and someone went underneath me. And I hit the floor, and I bounced like a basketball. I was pretty hurt. Three days later... Matter of fact, I had a, it just happened on a Friday, and I had a speaking engagement in Savannah, Georgia, that, that Sunday. I wasn't feeling well, and I was hurting in my side. So I left, and I had to go to Augusta to visit with my wife and see her. And when I was there for a couple of days, going to visit with her because she was staying with my mother-in-law, I had this pain that wouldn't go nowhere. So I called my team trainer, and he told me, get back to Savannah as soon as you can. So I got in the car, drove back to Savannah, and he told me to go straight to the hospital. And I went to the hospital, and they immediately did an MRI on me. And I had, unfortunately, a 16-and-a-half-inch blood clot running from the left side of my chest down to the bottom of my right. So I was wow. immediately put in intensive care. While being there, you know, it was one of those things that it was touch and go. And a lot of people thought that I was in serious trouble because I was, really, because... If that blood clot breaks it loose, it would cause a massive heart attack. And I would be, you know, I pretty much lost my life on the spot. 
But when the doctor came in to see me, he gave me two choices. He said, you can either use heparin or cumin. One of these blood thinners should be able to help you. So I, I said, man, I'm going to pray and trust God and you give me some of that heparin. <laughs> so I got that blood thinner. And I started taking that blood thinner. And it really, man, it, 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 it helped along with prayer and trusting God, man. I mean, my life was spared. Now, the craziest thing about this experience, my doctor, Dr. Thomas, who was a specialist in dealing with my case, I noticed all of a sudden he wasn't coming to see me like in the middle of the week. Come to find out his wife died of a massive heart attack. The same thing that could have happened to me. And what happened was they woke up in the middle of the night. She sat up. She looked at him. He looked at her. And she just fell over dead and passed away. And so when I started asking the nurse and everything about it, I said, what, what happened to Dr. Thomas? I haven't seen him anymore. And they said, well, uh, Mr. Water, we hate to inform you and tell you, but Dr. Thomas' wife passed this past week uh, of a massive heart attack. Now, how awesome this lady was, while she was alive, they had named uh, one of the West Wings after her. That's, why, that's how awesome of a woman she was. And the craziest thing is, later on, Dr. Thomas came to see me. And he told me, he said, you know, it's amazing. I could work to save your life, but I couldn't save my wife's life. That was pretty deep for me, pretty touching. And stuff. So that was my you know, experience there in the Savannah. I got traded. Uh, when the team got sold, it got sold to the Tulsa Fast Breakers. And going to Tulsa, we won a CBA championship. And Henry uh, was the coach there. Of the, all the players that we had at the time, he only requested one guy to go with him, and that was me. So we won a CBA championship, and uh, I ended up winning the championship, and then I was very successful. And then the Rapid City Thrillers, Lord have mercy, traded to bring me to South Dakota. My absolute fun place to play. I got so many wonderful memories in South Dakota, man. I got family up there, people I love, that love me. And, man, God just took off with the ministry, with our basketball play. When I retired, I retired in Rapid City and went full-time in the ministry. And I'll never forget it. When Thanksgiving, there was an accident in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I was living at. Eight kids was in a car. There was supposed to be nine. But this one young lady got called into work, so she couldn't be with the guys that day. And so... All eight people was in the car. They tried to beat a train going across the track. Wow. Train hit them and killed all eight kids. And I was there again. I was I was devastated, man. So I was watching it on the news. I called the Rapid City Thriller and said, listen, I'm coming out of retirement. I'm coming back. And I went back to South Dakota, and I signed. When I signed, man, they sold 8,000 tickets, season tickets, just for me coming back. And I ended up playing well. I was averaging... 40-some points a game, and had a 10-day call-up to go to the Philadelphia 76ers. But the coach at that time blocked me from going because they had just sold 8,000 tickets. You know, <laughs> they were not going to let me get out of town. <laughs> so I didn't get a chance to get my call back up to go back to the 76ers at the time, man. So that was pretty hard. Mm-hmm. In the middle of this run, that's when you ended up with Añejo, right? Uh, 88, uh, late 88. Uh, how did that happen? Who, who got in touch with you? Well, when I when I left the Philadelphia Sixers, when I got cut from the Philadelphia 76ers, I was with them. Uh, they drafted Hersey Hawkins first round. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. when they finally signed him, 
I got picked up, and there was a scout. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he Sam worked for Yeho in the Philippines. He, he, he was responsible for helping to bring a lot of imports to the NBA, from the NBA to the Philippines. Right, right. So at the time, I just left the 76ers, and before I could even get home good, matter of fact, I left Philadelphia and flew straight to Manila to play mm. for the Yeho. And I signed with Robert Jaworski, and uh, and uh, I'm looking at my team photo right here, man. Oh my <laughs> god! Look at the wonderful people, man. This is awesome. And so I got a chance to play with Inejo, down down Apolayo, Joey and Chita Lasaga, Rudy Destrida. Oh man, we had an awesome team, man. God, man, them guys was just the absolute best, man. We would go out to eat, we would hang out. They would teach me a lot, man, about the Philippines. As a matter of fact, when your show came on today, and I can see the absolute, the, the, the technology and the improvement and all the things that are going on, man, there in the Philippines, it looks <laughs> yeah. beautiful, man. And uh, so I, I, I tell you, man, it, 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 that time in my life was very special. Yeah. When you landed here in Manila, you know, what was your impression? Wow. You got off the plane, yeah. Oh man, uh, it, it, it was it was incredible. It was, it was quite interesting because there was a lot of people. And then when I finally went to the Ultra, you know about the Ultra, thirty-two thousand people. I say, man, I could get happy playing in a place like this because every single game was sold out, and it was one of those things, man, where you were always going to see a lot of folks coming to play basketball. And basketball was just. The most important thing in the Philippines, man. It was like the number one sport. So to play for Añejo, to play for the fans of Añejo and all the people in the Philippines, oh, I couldn't go anywhere, man, without being mobbed and, and people, you know, talking to me, spending time with me. As a matter of fact, you know, two of my dearest friends, and I saw them years later, Joe, uh, uh, the Leviste kid, uh, uh, man, uh, Mark and JC, they was like nine years old. Uh -huh. And they, they later on went to the University of New York. But when they was nine and ten years old, them two guys had a two thousand dollars a week allowance. Mr. Leviste uh -huh. was a billionaire back then; he's very wealthy. Right, right. Uh -huh. So they grew up to take over the business, man. When I came back years later, mm -hmm. but I, I had a chance to to meet with Mr. Leviste, who mm -hmm. said, "I want to meet the man that convinced my boys to." Go from spending two thousand dollars a week to a thousand dollars a week. <laughs> oh, that's great. He's really thankful to you. Yeah, yeah. So he took me out to yeah. eat. I got a chance to meet him. And at the time, Mr. Levice asked me a very important question. He said, "Joe, you see these islands? It was about twelve or fifteen hours at the time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we went on a cruise. And so, uh, me and him, Tommy Davis, and his family. He said, "Can I ask you a question? Why do you think I have all this stuff?" I said, "Well, Mr. Levice, it's simple." God has blessed you to be a blessing. So you are called to be a blessing to this nation, to this country, and help a whole lot of people out. Well, I said that, left, went on back, came home. 20 years later, I went back, and I went back with a young man by the name of K.P. Westmore, who bought a ministering traveling team. We went back to the Philippines, and I was invited to come back. And they was announcing I was coming. I came, and uh, at the time, Mark and JC now have taken over the company. They're grown men with their own family. They invited me out to dinner. And so there was a long Mercedes-Benz limo outside waiting to take me to dinner. And so when I came down from the hotel, all the American was saying, man, 
who who got this limo out front here? Who's going somewhere <laughs> special? And yours truly walked out of the hotel, walked down, and got in the car. They're like, dude, where you going? I said, I got a dinner date. Got to go. See y'all later. I got inside the limo and I'm riding around. This young lady was in the car with me who was a secretary. And she said, she said, Mr. Ward, she said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. She said, you don't remember me. She said, but me, my boyfriend, and my entire family came to know Jesus when you played basketball here in the Philippines. Now, guys, I lost it. Now, I'm, I'm a very sensitive man. Mm -hmm. I, I began to weep and cry. I turned my face. I turned and looked out. I said, Lord, that was 20 years ago. And now I'm sitting in the car with a young lady who said her life was affected by me playing in the Philippines. Now, how special can that yeah. be? That was awesome, guys. Mm -hmm. Great story. And so I cried. I was in tears. And then I get to the hotel. I get to the restaurant. Mark and JC, their families, their kids, they all welcomed me. I got out of the car. And we walked up the step. I hugged everybody. We go inside the restaurant. And all of a sudden, someone said, Joe Ward, Joe Ward, Joe Ward. So I looked and saw the man. It was Mr. Leviste. So I ran to Mr. Leviste, hugged him. We hugged, embraced. We, we rejoiced and seeing each other. All of a sudden, the place got quiet. I turned around. I said, what's the problem? Mark and JC and the family were standing away from me. They looked perplexed. They looked shocked. They said, what's wrong? They said, Joe, our father had a massive heart attack. He hadn't spoken in years, hadn't talked to nobody. I said, what? They said he'd been working on his church. He wanted to build a cathedral. For years he'd been building a cathedral. We couldn't understand why. I said, what? So they told me he wouldn't talk to nobody. All of a sudden he see me, he started talking to me. What a miracle. So they said, man, this is incredible. I said, well, I told your dad many years ago, he was blessed to be a blessing. So this church, that this, this cathedral that he was building, this is one thing that God put on his mind to do. So the rest is history. We had a great dinner. It was great to see them. We spent a great time with them. And uh, I ended up coming back home, man. But that was so special to see all the people, man, that I was blessed to see as a result of me having a chance to play for Añejo. Well, yeah, that's why until now, that's why people were excited when we posted that uh, that yeah. you're going to be our guest because people remember you, Joe. I mean, it's not surprising that that I, happened. And now, how many I years see, later? You know, it's 34 I, years later. Yeah, say I said, Joe, even attend our church big time. I used to go to church with God and Aunt Ruthie. And listen, Miss Ruthie and all the people, man. I back in the day, I had three bodyguards, three mm -hmm. drivers, and three secretaries. <laughs> I didn't need that one of them. I love them. They just hung out with me because I didn't need nobody to guard me. I didn't need nobody to protect me because I love the people, man. So as I travel, I used to travel to big entourage of people. And Eileen and Aunt Ruthie, man, oh, my God, all the church community, man, they welcomed me with open arms. And, and the thing that was so excited, man, is that Tommy and I used to get those invitations to go to dinner and to eat at people's home. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. You told me my brother could eat, and I loved it, man, because I would go anywhere. <laughs> they would offer me to come eat. Three, four, five thousand people would come around the house to hang out with me. So I love that, man. I get a chance to share Christ, share the gospel, and preach and see people get saved. So, man, nowhere in America can you see and do anything like that except in the Philippines. Right, right. So I love that. Yeah, your memory's so sharp. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Look at me. Look at that. Look at my whole day. Look at my boy. Yeah, look, look at that. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, when, you, when you arrived, when you were on the way here, uh, Joe, you know, you're on the plane, you're coming here. Did they already tell you that you're going to be replacing one of these imports? Uh, and then you found out it's Kevin Gamble who went on to become a Boston Celtic. Mm-hmm. Were you aware of the situation that you were going to be replacing somebody? Only when I got there. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I asked the question. I said, so why are you guys bringing me here? Because I looked at the stats. I saw that Kevin Gamble was averaging 37 points a game. <laughs> so I was like, what do y'all need with me? He said, well, we're in last place, and he's not averaging enough points. I got the message real quick. I said, okay. So I realized I better put that ball up and I better score. And that's what I did. Not selfishly, because, man, my teammates, man, they would pass me the ball, man. But, I, I, you know, I was shooting the ball very well back then, man. So I, I averaged about 25 points, 25 shots a game, averaging 53 points a game, man. But I had yeah. Tommy Davis on one side. I was on the other side. And. And you know Robert Jaworski, man, Coach 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 Jaworski, because you know they used to call me Joe Warski. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Wardski. Yes, because yeah, you have to have if you play for Anyo, you you have to have a three syllable last name. So they yes, yes. Name. so Robert Jaworski. Yeah. Somebody just yeah. wrote that. They said Joe Warski. Joe Warski. Do you remember who came in first? Did you? Uh, was it you or Tommy? Oh, Tommy came first. Ah, for Billy Reed. Yeah, yeah okay. Tommy was there before. I, when I left the 76ers, okay. I got on a plane in Philadelphia and flew straight to Manila. Mm-hmm. And we started playing, and uh, they told me, you you got to score some points because we're in last place. Yeah. So I started scoring a lot of points. And so the yeah. rest is history. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of uh, scoring a lot of points, uh, our follower, uh, Rod Binsanyabe, said, your first game he scored 55. That was yes. in, on, on October 20. But then... You had back-to-back games. I dug this up on uh, online. Okay, uh, an article written by a good friend uh, Ray Hoble. Uh, you, you, there is a game you scored seventy-five. Yes. But uh, you lost to San Miguel. Yes. And then a few days later, you scored seventy-eight. Yes. Up, yeah. Uh, uh, when you beat Shell, and uh, the score line there was one hundred eighty-one to one seventy-three. Yes. Can you imagine that, guys? <laughs> yeah. Teams were scoring 180 points uh, 30 plus years ago, and you scored back to back 75 and 78 points. Um, at what point did you realize during your stay here that, man, I think I can score a lot of points in this league? Well, it was very easy when you play for someone like Robert Jaworski, because Jaworski would tell you in a minute, hey, you got to score. We got we to gotta win. So he made it a point to make sure I knew my job. And, uh, you know, I mean, nobody was bigger than you know, Robert Jaworski. He, yeah. man, he's like Michael Jordan of the Philippines. He was humongous. And, uh, you know, he was loved by the, the country and everybody, man. So it was a, it was an honor to have a chance to play alongside him, man, because, uh, you know, he was just a special man, man. So uh, my teammates, man, them guys, man, they wasn't selfish, man. I, I mean, I passed the ball to him, Tommy. We just had a great nucleus of guys, man, that enjoyed each other. We hung out with each other. We would go eat together. Our practice man was just, I mean, it, it was like we were rock stars, man. I mean, you when you play with Yeho, you know, you you're loved by everybody. I, I, I personally felt like I now know how Michael Jordan feels to play in the NBA because I couldn't go nowhere. Because everybody, I mean, free food all the time, good food. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Do you remember yeah. where you were staying back then? Uh, yeah, I stayed in a hotel uh uh, the Marriott, matter of fact, I stayed in the hotel, and because I stayed there when I first got there, uh, uh-huh. I ended up staying there the whole time. Uh, we had a couple of monsoons back then and everything, so it rained pretty hard, man. But for the most part, 
you know, I, I had McDonald's across the street, Kentucky Fried Chicken across the street. And, uh, you know, <laughs> my favorite, Mark and JC used to take me out to eat all the time. A nine-year-old and a seven-year-old take you out to some of the most <laughs> expensive restaurants in the world. And I would get duck. I love duck, man. That's why I haven't had no duck since the Philippines. So, and I ain't never know that, man. So, <laughs> so they would take me, we would go out to eat, man. But, oh, my God, man, the seafood, mm-hmm. the shrimp, the fish. Oh man, always special, man. God, you guys making me hungry right now thinking about it. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So yeah, so you got you got to that team, man. All these guys, and then, you know that the, the two imports, Gamble and and Billy Ray Bates, were especially Billy Ray Bates, well loved here in the Philippines. He's oh yeah, considered one of the greatest. But they, you know, by that time his game had dipped, so they replaced him, and then they replaced Kevin Gamble, who eventually becomes a pretty pretty good NBA player, but. But you guys come in and you're like you're two of the deadliest uh, imports scoring wise, one of the most prolific tandems yeah, ever. ever. You know, and then you start winning games as you said, and, and so and then the crowd's going nuts and all of that. In, in the midst of this, all that fame, you're you're there being you're mobbed everywhere you go, Joe. But but what people remember is that before and after the game, you'd get on your knee That's right. and you would pray in front yeah. of everybody. You would do that, and so. People were calling you the Reverend Joe Ward. You know, yes, like yes. Joe Ward. And, and was this something you would do even before? Would you get on your knees and pray before the PBA? You do that in the CBA as well and on the other leagues? Always did. Matter of fact, I used to run a, uh, a Bible study in the CBA, you know, and, and uh, I used to have a chance to have a Bible study before games and with guys and everything. So I, I was doing that. And the, the crazy thing, Tommy Davis start praying that God would send a godly man with somebody he can pray with and spend some time with in the word. And so he prayed me up and that's how I came to the Philippines. So Tommy <laughs> David was responsible for me coming to Manila. And when I got there, man, me and Tommy would have some outstanding, you know, Bible studies until we would sit in the hotel, man, and talk about Jesus and talk about how we can make a difference in the lives of the people that we was able to be around. I mean, I mean that man, man, Tommy Davis, man, was a very special brother in my life at the time, man. I sure enjoyed playing every second with him, you know, and everything. So when we played, and I, I saw somebody flash up that said we averaged 100 points between the two of us. Yeah. And we yeah. did. And it was not selfish play, man, because we moved the ball and passed the ball. And the guys we played with, man, oh, my God. Like I told you, man, Joy and Cheetah Lasaga and, and Donald Apollayo <laughs> and Rudy Street. Now, Rudy was a tough dude, man. He didn't play He's the enforcer. You know, yep. Rudy didn't take no jump for nobody. So I used to hang out with Rudy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you would hang out with, huh? Yeah, yeah man. So Rudy. Hey, yeah, because Rudy, Rudy was Rudy was your teammate, your friend, and your bodyguard. You better know it. Now, you know, all the way up to the you know, the night that we had the little incident that everybody talks about now, you know, and uh, unfortunately Tommy had a little incident where he kind of clothes hanging one of the guys from I think it was Pure food, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, it was presto. Presto. So Tommy kind of closed in when the guy, so Tommy kind of ran and dropped behind me. <laughs> like, uh-huh. big brother, big brother, protect me. So I was like, okay, guys, everything fine. Everybody okay. And so it was a little, little situation that happened when we was, you know, had a little, little, little scuffle there. And we was hoping that it would be the end of it, but something broke out. A little, right, right. little, little, little love action broke out. And so we were touching and, and agreeing and, and a lot of good stuff happened. So we was being like boys, and so we kind of tussled a little bit. A little fight broke out, and as everybody know, uh, this happened and that happened. And next thing you know, we was brawling all over the place. <laughs> and the uh, funny yeah, thing yeah. is, 
And the funny thing is, my man would say, oh my God, it's a minister, it's Joe Ward. I can't believe it. He's a, he's a preacher. So I said, well, Lord, forgive me. Philippine, forgive me. It was one of those things that was very difficult for me to turn the left, the left cheek and the right cheek. So I, I, I was kind of, you know, trying to protect everybody. And, and next thing I know, it happened, the fight. The worst fight, as they say, one of them in the history of the PBA. <laughs> actually, the, the video will show it. It actually looked looked worse than it actually was, just because a lot of people were involved. You know, the fans were there and everybody. Yes. There, were, there were chairs being thrown. But if you really look at yes. it, you know, hey. there weren't too many punches landed, really. I mean, you know. That's crazy. You mentioned the chair because one of the chair cut an ear off. Somebody ear got cut off, and I picked it off of the ground and tried to put it back on in Jesus' name. <laughs> what? No way. Really? <laughs> Is that yeah. a fact? Hey, and then also, too, Tony White's little son, his little baby, uh -huh. but just a baby. And to this day, his, his ex-wife lives here in, in Knoxville. She tell my wife all the time, she said, your husband saved my child's life. So I'm forever grateful to your husband because when the fight broke out, she was panicking and I got the baby and took the baby to safety and got them out of the way, out of harm's way. So she, she never forgot that, man. But yeah, that was 32,000 people, man. That's what I love about the Ultra. That was never <laughs> an empty seat in the house, man. Oh, my God. Play yeah, yeah, yeah. in front of that many people every night, man. You couldn't help but play your best because mm -hmm. it, it's it's like you walk in, you got the nice suit on, you got the nice shoes, you got all these people, and you got a great team. Oh, and you're winning too. Oh, man, nothing like it. That's right. That's right. So we got we got to discuss that, that the brawl, which, uh, yeah, everybody yeah. knows that. Everybody's seen the video. We're not going to show the video here. We just talked about it a little bit. But I guess, I guess that's our cue to, to take this little halftime break to, to uh, remind everyone that we are part of the Globally Balling Network. And, you know, who the heck are we as Jacob Baniti as, the, as another guest on their show, episode 120, Ask Us Development Team Midfielder. So check that one out on who the heck are we. And then for next man up with Diego and Jello, one round down in the UAAP. So watch that show again with the UP Maroons as hosts. Sid Ventura behind the scenes. And then watch and listen on uh, Spotify to our show in Eternity of Basketball. If you enjoy, please send us some love and rate us. A five-star rating, please. And become our monthly supporter for $4.99 or 250 pesos on Spotify. We will recognize you, of course, on our show. Support AOB, please. And then Globally Ball in Southeast Asia on Facebook. Follow that. Lots of tidbits. Of course, we're going to have some... Joe Ward tidbits on the Globally Ball in Southeast Asia Facebook page pretty soon after this show. We'll cut some parts out and we'll post that on Globally Ball in Southeast Asia. Okay. Um, back to the time capsule. The second half of our time capsule is brought to us by Nihao Bread Bakery, Tagaytay. So lots of good stuff there at Nihao Bread Bakery in Tagaytay. Check that out. Look at all those wow. donuts and beignets and whole meal bread loaves. And I see Joe Ward. Shaky's like, he wants some of that, yeah? You come to the, <laughs> to the Philippines, Joe, we're going to give you some oh of that. See how bread and stuff. Okay, so enjoy all of that. They deliver us well all around. Cavite, Laguna, Metro Manila, via Lalamove. And Tok Tok, that's the number to call if you want to order. Okay, let's uh, check out the first photo of the second half. Here you go. Here, you're on wow. the cover of Flash Magazine, Joe. Yes, yes. Very young. And Travis, Kenny Travis, me and Kenny Travis and I played together in uh, in the in the WBL, which is the World Basketball League. We won a WBL championship in Dayton, Ohio. Oh. So I, I've been knowing Kenny for a long time. And, and matter of fact, uh, uh, Perry Young was on that team too. So all three of us played on the same team in the WBL. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, what a coincidence. Okay, that's right. That. We did. <laughs> yeah, 
Joe, I just gotta ask. Um, among the opposing players, when you during your stint in the PBA, who who gave you a you know a rough time? Uh, American wise was uh, Tony White. Okay. Okay. Tony White was you know he was a wizard man. He was an incredible scorer man. Matter of fact. He lived right here where I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. He played at the University of Tennessee. He played for the Chicago Bulls. Tony was an incredible scorer, outstanding. So he would give us fifth, man. I mean, big time. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, a real guy. But... Do you remember anyone among the locals, you know? Uh... Uh, some of the guys, matter of fact, that played for Presto. I can't think of the names right now, but Presto was always like our big time rival. Even before the fight, even before the brawl, you know, it's one of those things, man, where those guys, man, were very competitive, all of yeah. them. And so they never backed down. So Presto was really big into trying to kick our butt. So that's why uh thing happened the way they did, man, because we wouldn't give each other no room for nothing. You know, one of yeah. the principal characters in that brawl, uh, Philip Cesar, the, the guy that uh, Tommy got close line. Yeah. He became uh, an Añejo player the following year, and he became an assistant coach for like uh, seven or eight years for Añejo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he jumped fence. Yeah, the following season he jumped fence. He wow! Joined forces, joined forces with uh, Jaworski. Well, you can't beat him, join him, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, but look, one one of your rivals too uh, at the time was the new team in the league. It was called Pure Foods yeah, for for Kenny Travis. Remember? Yes. And they were a new team. They had a bunch of the, the the best young guys in the country. They moved up to the pros, and so they were a pretty strong team. And and in fact, when we posted that you were are going to be our guest, one Pure Foods fan said, "Oh, this guy's the guy who gave us headaches." because <laughs> you know? yeah, because pure couldn't beat you guys uh, with yes guys yes and that's why man i mean it, it, it was incredible man because kenny travis man kenny was i mean you worry guy man kenny could score man he was a super athlete and everything so you're right man so oh man that's that's right uh i mean all, all the teams though you know back then man that's one thing i can honestly say you know i and i played in europe i played in spain i played in france but bar none Playing in the Philippines, man, was the greatest highlight of my basketball career. Little did I know, as a youngster, as a kid, I would be playing in Manila in the Philippines, man. And I tell you what, man, I wouldn't trade it and give it up for nothing in the world because for four and a half months, I had a chance to share my faith in Christ. I got a chance to see 1.6 million people give their life to the Lord and get saved. That was special, man. Speaking to all those schools, 20,000 people, 30,000 people. And everywhere you go, people will love you and talk to you, and, and you can love them and talk back. So that's why, man, I, I, I would forever, you know, be in love with the Manila and the Philippines, man, because I got some family people there, man, that would just, it treated me with such respect. And it, when I came home, man, it, I cried. I mean, I cried on the way home because I, I didn't want to leave the Philippines. I loved it. Well, yeah, which which big... brings us to the question. Yeah, go Sid. Go Sid. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the big question fans have been asking actually is why didn't you come back? I wasn't uh, nobody. They didn't ask me to come back. Robert Jaworski didn't want to play me. Pure food, presto. You know, nobody wanted to sign me. I wanted to come back, man. I mean, I would have gave anything to come back to the Philippines, man. Well, what was your official measurement wow. as far as height is concerned? You were you six six uh, by PBA standards? I was six five. I mean, I was right on the I was six six the standard, but I was six five. 
Okay, so the issue, you, you could have played in the open conference. So, so the they open never conference. called, even Anyejo never called you back? Nobody never called me back, man. I, and I just, crazy. I, I never knew why. I, I wasn't expensive. I mean, I, you know, everybody liked to get paid, but I would have loved to came back, man, simply because I, I love Manila. I love the Philippines. I love the people. That's unbelievable. Not yeah. a single call. Through, yeah. You know, years after, nobody called. None, none. No, nobody. And you were like uh, the, at the peak of your yeah. uh, abilities right there. You were only 25, right? 25 exactly. Yeah. And popularity so. as well. And yeah. that's why I would have loved to came back, man, because, you know, uh, I saw I saw Billy Ray Bates, Billy Ray uh, name flash up on his thing. He's from, the, he's from Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I got some friends that know him. Uh, went to high school, played in the same high school where he's from. So, you know, uh, he's Perry Young and, and a few other people. I think Bobby Parks. You remember Bobby Parks? Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh -huh. See, yeah. he he nationalized. He he was coaching, and he got a chance to yeah. do a whole he, lot. He lived there for a long time, Joe. He lived there for a long, but he passed away a few he's years ago. He's from the national team. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. twenty thirteen. He uh, yeah. he got cancer, and he uh, fortunately yeah. wasn't able to beat it. Oh, but his so son, just, just, yeah, but yeah. his son plays for the Philippine national team now, Bobby Ray Parks yeah. Jr. Bobby Ray Parks Jr. Yeah. Wow. And just to let you know, Joe, the best import award now is called the Bobby Parks Best Import Award. Yeah, really. It was named yeah. after him. So, named because he won it seven times. Oh, he was a, he was a man. I mean, I, I wanted to do what he did. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I really wanted to have an opportunity to 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 play and win a championship, man. Because even though we came in third place. Going from last place, place to third place, mm -hmm. how we did it, yeah. it felt like we won the championship because, you know, I mean, it was a hard fought, you know, road to climb, but we worked together as a unit, you know, and, and, and did a great job, man. So that year was very special. That's why I wanted to come back and have a chance to win a championship, man. I, I would love that. Yeah, it's well, really funny because both both you and both you and Tommy didn't didn't make yeah. it back anymore exactly. after that crazy yeah. conference. You guys are putting up a hundred points a game combined. I, 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 you I guys guess never fight, came back. I guess the fight, man. They they they, they didn't want brawlers in the back anymore. They want <laughs> brawlers. Possibly, you know. That's the only reason I can see. Yeah. I mean, if I yeah. had to make an excuse, that's that's got to be it, right? Hey, yeah, I got got to be some kind of excuse, man. Because, but hey, I would love to have come back though. Trust me. Uh -oh. Well, for the record, in 1989, Aniel got Darren Queenan. Uh, and in 1990, they got Sylvester Gray. So, um, um, in other words, uh, I, I, you probably wonder, uh, they struggled first with Carlton McKinney in 1989. I, I was wondering, it would have been better if they got you instead. Wow, man. And those two young men were outstanding basketball players. Because a lot of time, they, they wanted to get the guys fresh out of the NBA a lot of time. If you just come out of the NBA, from a notoriety standpoint, man, you know they was always trying to get that import. Mm -hmm. That had that big name that it can come in and, and basically mm -hmm. take them to the promised land. So I mean, I understand, I understood. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I mean, you went on with your career anyway. You played, yeah. as you said, in Europe, CBA, and all of that. So it's not yes. like basketball stopped for you, and and your ministering didn't stop either. You were you yes. were still preaching and all of that. So you know, life went on, but but just, but I'm sure it, you know it's a pretty nice feeling for you, Coach Joe, that that you know how many years later people yep. still remember. But I'm amazed at your memory because you know all the names. Exactly. You see the photos. Yeah. You know all the guys you played against. It's amazing, Coach Joe. I don't know what to do, but that 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 this is working really well. Well, I, I tell you, uh, when you got a coach like Robert Jaworski, Robert Jaworski is the most famous basketball player in the world, dude. And he on Facebook. <laughs> so whenever I see Coach Jaworski on Facebook, he's talking about the good old days. He, you know, he keeps up with guys. He's wishing everybody happy birthday. 
He's talking to the guy still to this day. So every now and then, he'll put a photo of me and him on there, and I'll just comment and say, man, it's great to see you. Thank you for all the great memories. Thank you for allowing me to play for Inyeho, allowing me to come in and, and do what I was able to do. Oh, man, look at that photo right there. Third place oh, uh, trophy. Third yeah. place oh, trophy, yeah. man, look at Rudy. Look at Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> Tommy D. Yeah. Oh, man. Look and the other guy, you know Leo. That's Leo Isaac. Yes, Leo. Yes, sir. Oh, that's Pretty Boy. I just called him Pretty Boy. That's right. He's a, he became a coach. He, he's a coach now. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. He yeah. became a PBA oh, coach. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, sure he's doing years. an outstanding job, man. He was he was smart, man. He, he knew the game. I'm sure he's doing a wonderful job. He's been on our show. He's been our guest. It's Rudy. Who's Who doesn't want? Rudy. No, already. Yeah, he doesn't want to come on the show, Rudy. Rudy. You better get on this show, man. You're the man, Rudy, the street of yeah, man. You the people love you. We're grateful, man, for all that you gave, man, as a player, man. Get on this show, son, in Jesus' name. Exactly. Be, people are asking, people are asking. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hope he comes on. And by your prayer, I hope he does. But but you mentioned, you know, you, you, you do pray a lot, uh, Coach Joe, and all of that. You mentioned Sonny Jaworski. I don't know if you're aware, you know, I, we, we his family announced that he's a bit ill nowadays. Mm -hmm. So Coach, Coach Sonny's sick. So you might want to include him in your prayers too, you know. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. I will. I sure will, man. I sure. Thank for. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, he hasn't shown himself in public in, in quite a while. Um, you know, of course, the pandemic came and all of that. So he's battling some sort of blood mm -hmm. disorder or whatever. Uh, his son uh, announced it. So, yeah. So I'm pretty sure, you know, he, his your prayers will be appreciated. I would definitely, family. I would definitely be doing that, man, because. Uh, Coach Jaworski, man, he was a special brother, man. Very special, man. And, I, and, and then one thing I like about him, man, he loved the people, and the people loved him. Yeah. He yeah. never yeah. turned. He never turned nobody away. He never said no. He always signed autograph. He always talked to the people, and you know, even years later, he's still doing it, man. So he is the PBA man of the century. He, I mean, yep, he is the PBA. <laughs> No, no, no arguments from us. I just wanted to comment on this photo, guys. Look at Tommy Davis. Look at Coach Joe. You know the way they're smiling. You wouldn't have thought that they got into a brawl just a few nights before this. <laughs> yeah, look, look at those smiles. Yeah, you know? we, hey, we was happy, man. I mean, Tommy <laughs> and I. I'm sure he's going to be. On, well, I can't say. Well, if you ever come on the show, he will be coming soon. I, mean, I don't want to get the cat away and let the cat out of the bag. But man, listen. That smile that you see on both of us, man, was complete joy just to be able to play in that wonderful league and be a part of that, man, in that wonderful country, man. Listen, I mean, it was just a special time for us, man. Awesome. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And shortly after this, you left. And then, then who would have known that you wouldn't you wouldn't ever come back? You know, the, I mean, you see the you see the the banner at the back, Coach Joe, it says KP. That's the brand yeah. of shoes. I'm sure. I'm sure they got you some KP shoes back then. <laughs> yeah, I did have some. I had some of those shoes back then. Mm -hmm. What's a, what's wow. the next photo, Claude? Let's look, let's check it out. I mean, I love this photo, but that's what what's next? Yeah. Do you remember this? Oh yes, yes I do. Yeah. And see that this was, was in Cebu, uh, see, Cebu that, province. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. I love. Matter of fact, I got on a Jumping Joe T-shirt, and I was giving no T-shirt all over the country. The, the, I mean, you, you remember back then the the uh, the place what well, we usually have a name. Um, uh, it, it was a lot of garbage and stuff. What was it called back then? Smoky Mountain. Smoky Mountain. Smoky Mountain. Smoky Mountain. 
Mm-hmm. I used to love going to the Smoky Mountain, man, because they had a basketball court in the middle of that place, right? Mm-hmm. And I would go there and speak and do a clinic. Thousands of people would show up. Thousands. Man, I used to be so honored to be amongst the people, to have a chance to talk with them in fellowship. And there again, go eat with the people, man. Oh, God, God, it was just <laughs> a special time, man. So you see this picture here with all these young men. And I bet you, man, all these young men have got their own families and they're married, doing great, successful businessmen, you know, doing great. Oh, man, that's a wonderful photo, man. I'd love to have something like that. I, I never had that picture. That's, that's awesome. We'll, we'll send, send it to you. To you. Yeah, Thank you. Send it, send it to me so I can send it to Coach Joe. Look yeah, how yeah. skinny, look how skinny I was back then, man. I was a skinny <laughs> dude. <wasn't I? laughs> yep, were you were. all jumping already prior to the PBA, or did or did jumping come come from the PBA? What's that? Uh, were you called jumping Joe already before prior to the PBA? Yeah, uh, matter of fact, I got that nickname from Clint Bryant, who used to be the oh, assistant okay. coach at Clemson University. And when I got to Clemson, they did a story about me signing with Clemson. And I was doing a dunk show in Atlanta, uh, halftime of the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, there was a picture of me jumping and dunking, and they put that on the front cover of the magazine called Ipte, a magazine at Clemson. And Clint was the one who said, Jumping Joe Ward has signed with Clemson University. And uh, that's where the name came from. So Clint Bryant gave me that nickname when I was coming out of high school. And it's stuck. And it's stuck. Obviously, it's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's been For obvious reasons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no better um, reason for it. <laughs> I see those coconut trees in the background. Uh-huh. Are those yeah, co- coconut yeah. palm trees yeah. in the background? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, it makes me wonder, too, because you mentioned it, uh, Coach, uh, where these young gentlemen are now, probably. You know, what are they doing? I, 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 it would be great if, if anybody, if anybody uh, is watching and is in that photo, yeah. please let us know. Please <laughs> do. Know what please do. Doing right now. They're probably multi-millionaires. They're doing it, changing the world. I guarantee you. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, we, you know, I hope they're doing good stuff for the society here in yes. the Philippines. So, so you, so you got to do a lot of things. Imagine just four and a half months, but you, you went around, and you did a lot of things. Uh, yes. And and not just here, but even even in Europe, uh, Coach Joe, when you played there, did you did you get the chance to build get communities together to talk about Jesus and all of that? My favorite thing about basketball is I, I tell people even to this day. If you touch the people, the people will touch you. So to be able to play basketball, be a professional, and have a chance to be a part of the community, man, was always something special to me. When I was in high school, college, and pros, especially at University of Georgia, if an athlete needed to go speak somewhere, they always called on me. I was ready to go. And in the pros, I believe in serving the people, man, because these are the people that were your fans, that will be your fans. So when you go and, and give them and, and speak with them and spend time with them, man, they, they'll come back and spend time with you. Oh, man, look at that. One of our basketball camp. Now, that's my camp where uh, uh, Jumping Joe basketball camp with my Georgia shirt on. Those kids, we had 500 kids a week that would come to camp. Did that from 1986 until uh, we finished in 20, 1986, 2012 or 13. We did it for 32 wow. years. Whoa, okay. The only reason why Go ahead. Uh-huh. Wait, when did you start playing uh, basketball competitively, coach? 1994. I left Spain. Okay. Friend, I left Spain, Shalom, and flew back to Yakima because I played also for the Yakima Sand King. I had a team That's in right. Europe sign me. 
So I put my truck in storage, my furniture, my truck in storage, and I flew to Chalon, Italy, Chalon, France. And when I came back, I got off the plane. And matter of fact, I, Henry asked me, could I play in a CBA game? And I played, and I was out there on defense, and I was standing guard, a point guard in half court. And guys, I had him locked. I had him deed up. That young boy went by me so fast, man. I was like, man, where did he go? Where did he go? And, and so here he started laughing at the game. Said, he said, what happened? I said, time for me to leave. I'm retired. Because, man, I was, I was 34 years old. And I told him, I said, Henry, these kids are too fast anymore. So I finished at 34 years old, and uh, I haven't looked back since. I, 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 I was grateful, had a great career, and very thankful, man, for being able to play this game I love. And you did clinics for, for as you said, a long time. But when did you get into coaching, uh, actual coaching? Like Because you are a coach right now, recently. Uh, you're, you're coaching a high school in Knoxville. Yes, uh, Central High how'd School. How did you get into that? How did you get into that? Well, primarily, you know, it started kind of with AAU basketball. You know, my son was playing AAU basketball with the Shockers, Jeremiah, and I got a chance to coach, be an assistant coach, uh, coaching on a, uh, uh, a wonderful young man here, Ace, uh, who uh, loved kids, had an outstanding team. And so I was his assistant coach for a number of years. And then, uh, you know, as my boys got older, man, I, I decided to go ahead and put my own team together called Kingdom Ballers. And so we've got to be very successful. We end up coaching some of the top guys in this area. And uh, my son was playing high school ball, and the, the team wasn't doing too well. And so the faculty and the people contacted me and asked me, would I be interested in coaching? Because they said, if some changes need to be made to the program, what do I think need to happen? And I told them. And so uh, to make a long story short, they said, well, will you be interested in taking the job? I took it last April. And, man, already we've had some tremendous success. Matter of fact, we had a scrimmage game tonight against a and – and it's like a uh, – not a high school team, but like it's like a prep 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 school, the next level, uh, Mallory uh, uh, Academy. So we played those guys. These guys are already, you know, kind of like, you know, college guys getting ready to go and play. You know, they are playing college ball at prep school. And we end up beating them 76 to 71. And I, I am blessed, man. I got an outstanding team that I'm coaching this year, man. My boss, Dr. Brown, awesome principal, J.D. Lambert, man, our athletic, direct, uh, athletic director, and uh, the staff that we got at Central High School, man. I'm honored to be a part of the Bobcat Nation and stuff. So we, uh, we, we got a jamboree game on Monday, and our first game is this coming Tuesday night. So I'm excited, man, to be able to coach in high school and, and have my first chance to uh, coach high school ball. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of the coaches now, uh, they complain about the kids, you know, attitudes yeah. and all of that. Mm -hmm. And it's a different world nowadays. What can you say about that, Coach Show? Yeah. Well, it, it, it is different, man. But, Charlie, you know what? Here's the thing that I've come to understand, man. When the Bible said that love, cover over a multitude of sin and attitude and situation problem. When you love kids, man, and they, you talk to them the right way and you, you love on them the right way, man, you, you'll be amazed how kids will respond. You know, all kids are looking for like, you know, all of us on this, on this, on this program right now, we was kids at one time. And when people treated us with respect and, and, and was special to us, we never forgot that. So you know, now we're in our professional lives and professional careers even this show today, 
we're having a chance to make an impact, to make a difference. And I'm trusting and praying, man. I, I've been looking forward to this man for weeks and months. And I, and I don't want to make sure I don't forget to tell you guys, man, thank you all so much for allowing me to, to be a part of this, man, because you could be talking to anybody in the world you want to because you guys got a great show. And to, to bring me on, man, I'm honored to be able to talk to you, gentlemen, man, because, you know, you guys are old enough to remember when I played, like I said, January the 21st of this year coming up. Uh, 2023, I'll be 60 years old, guys. Mm -hmm. And it's it, it, it just crazy, man, how time flies. <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to be 60. And you know, my mom talking, we talk all the time. I said, Mom, I'm about to catch you. She's 76. I said, Girl, I'm coming up behind you. She said, I know, baby, but you ain't gonna never. She said, You ain't gonna catch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no matter what you do, hey, <laughs> oh. coach, you know, the pleasure is all ours, definitely. Yes. Thanks for coming yeah. on, you know. And if, Nice to talk about your career, guys. Any uh, questions remaining for Coach Joe before we go into our regular segments? Yeah, oh, look man, at that. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, Listen, that photo right there, my son took that picture at one of his football games. He had a camera. He took that picture, man. It's legendary. That picture has gone all over the world. And my wife always <laughs> tell me, you need to be paying Jeremiah royalty for that photo. It's yeah. everywhere. So I saw I laugh. I said, Yeah, you're right. That's what comes up when if you if they search yes. for Joe Ward, that's the picture that comes your, up. Your oh, Wikipedia yeah. page. I, I got, <laughs> yeah, you're right. But I got a new I got a new photo on there now, man. I mean, I've been taking pictures at Central High School, man. I look important now, man. I look like a coach now. So it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but when I saw this photo, when I searched and I said, Okay, that's him. That's the guy. That's the guy who played here. Because yeah. you know, the face hasn't changed so much. A little bit of gray down here. Yeah, but, gray. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it hasn't changed so much. But, not, but not you know, you, you mentioned uh, you know, Sid mentioned your Wikipedia page. There's a Wikipedia mm -hmm. page for Coach Joe. I just want to say that there are some entries in that Wikipedia page that are wrong it's because wrong. there's a coach. There's a coach who came over here. He coaches now here in the Philippines. Uh, he's his also name's Joe Ward. And I some know. Some people think some people think you're the same guy. You know, he's a nice guy. You know, he's a good coach, <laughs> but he's not you. So anything about the coaching, he coached for UP and some other local teams. That's Adamson. not, that's not yeah. this coach Joe. Okay. Yeah. It's a different coach Joe. So. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how to manipulate Wikipedia pages. Maybe that all that info needs to be taken out. I will get that fixed one day. Cause yeah. even when I got when I was in the NBA, he got cut from a team, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was in the USA Today newspaper, and everybody thought that was me. And I'm like, that's not that's not me. I'm, that's not I'm not. This is just Joe. I don't know who that is. But uh -huh. but he and I have never met. But I have seen him in passing from a standpoint of his name. And so uh -huh. a lot of people over the time have gotten us mixed up. And um, yeah. I, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a yeah, news article, cool. actually, when he came over for the first time. He said, oh, former Inebra, Añejo Emperor yeah. Joe Ward returns to yeah. coach. In, oh, my in God. Yeah. And I still the photo, hear... no, I don't think this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a guy. Oh, I know he got yeah. messed up on that one. No, that was not the yeah. award. He yeah. is Joe Ward, yeah. but not the Joe Ward. Some identity uh, confusion, you know, with, with you guys. But yeah, that's not the same guy. But you know, but yeah. but uh, yeah, he's he's a cool yeah. guy as well. He's a cool Joe. There's two cool Joe Wards in the world right now. So. <laughs> wonderful, yeah. that's wonderful. That's a good thing. And the other one looks like Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, he looks. He looks yeah. like yeah. Samuel. Jackson. He does. He yeah. does. You're right. I, I, I've seen him on in photos and stuff, and I see him. I'm like. That's not me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. Not you, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, before we get into the uh, 
the segments, Charlie. Uh, Joe, I just have yeah. to ask you because this friend of mine since grade school is like the biggest Añejo fan wow. ever. His name is Aldrin Uy. He would just like to request for a shout out from you. Uh, his name is Aldrin Uy. And uh, he's watching Aldrin? right now. Aldrin. Mr. Aldrin, listen, brother, it's an honor, man, to be able to say hello to you and uh, appreciate you being such a fan of Añejo. I don't know if I had a chance to meet you when I played that man, but I'm having a chance to meet you tonight on this phone and on this conversation. <laughs> so, brother, I love you. Continue to lift up the Añejo rum guys, man, the San Miguel you know, Corporation, the whole nine, man. Continue to be a big-time fan, man, because you're talking about uh, a, a special brand of basketball, a special brand of people. Awesome. So I don't blame you, man. I, I was a fan, too, when I was there, and that's why I miss it when I was given when, when Eileen and Aunt Ruthie and everybody called and told me that Charlie wanted to speak to me, man, and set this up. Boy, you told my guy got fired up. I was pumped. <laughs> so nice to talk to you, sir. Nice to meet you, and God bless you. And continue to watch this great show and continue to follow the PBA, my man. All right. All right. Amazing. Thank you. Thank Thanks you very so much. much huh? Aldrin, special guy. Hey, there's someone, you know, there's someone watching right now. His name is Paolo. Hey, he's asking about me. I'm okay. I'm getting some allergies. He's asking why I keep rubbing my eyes. There's some allergies. There's dust in the room. So I'm, I'm not crying you, because of, I'm not crying because of course. Joel, so. Joel, I thought you was crying, man, because you were excited about me. <laughs> man. No, no, no. That's, 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 that's going to come yeah. later. But we're going to enter our segments right now, our regular segments. This is the part of our show that we call the Twilight Zone because uh, that means the show is about to end. We're in the last two minutes of our oh, show, no. as they say. Last two minutes. You remember that, Joe. They used to yes. say that during the game. Okay, let's enter the first part of our Twilight Zone. It's called Excess. It's called Excess or O's. And in this part, uh, this is sponsored by HinelabanStore.com. You can get their products on Lazada and Shopee. And of course, the HinelabanStore.com. Hinelaban Farms is our sponsor. Adlai Flower and Coffee. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Keep you up all night. Drink their coffee. That's strong stuff. Okay. In Excess or O's, Coach, I'm going to give you some choices. You just have to tell me which is your choice. Without having to explain why, I'll, I'll just give you a bunch of stuff. It's a list. You tell me which one you choose between the two or three choices, okay? Okay. Let's start. Okay, number one, Joey Loizaga or Rudy Distrito? Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> nice. Okay. Oh, no. Chito, Lo Chito Loizaga or Don Don Ampalayo? All the above. All <laughs> of the above again. Okay, we're going to get that again, guys. Okay. Uh how about Sugar Ray Hall of Pure Foods or Kenny Travis of Pure Foods? Kenny Travis, because Kenny and I, like I said, we played together in, in the WBL, the World Basketball League. So, man, Kenny and I was a lot of we 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 put on a lot of dunk shows, man. During the game, we were taking turns dunking, man, and scoring. So, I I really enjoyed playing with Kenny, man. He was an outstanding player. All right, how about Norman Black or Bobby Parks? Man, you call him some serious name, Bobby Parks, man. Bob was a man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know that Norman Black still coaches here. He's a yeah, yeah. He married a Filipino young lady, man. He, he he's man. He he probably watching the show right now. Yeah, and his son, <laughs> his his son plays for him. It's his birthday, it's his birthday today. today. Yeah, it's his birthday oh, today. Really? Norman Black. Norman yeah. Black. Happy birthday to you. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Happy <laughs> birthday, brother Norman. Happy birthday to you. Oh, you guys didn't know I sang, huh? Oh, right. Yeah. We need to send it. Yeah, we got to send that to Coach Norman. Norman. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Derek Rowland or Michael Phelps. Oh man, Michael Phelps, man, he was a man. That brother was powerful, man. Woo, Michael Phelps. Yep, from San Miguel. Okay, Lewis Jackson or Tony White. 
Tony White, my man T Tony White, who White. right yeah, here in yeah. Knoxville, who's by the way uh -huh. recovering, doing very well. He he's been very ill too for a long time, man. Oh. But I think Tony's doing real well now, right now. Okay, well, if he's up to it, then hook us up with him, man. We'd like to talk to him too. Yeah, I'll definitely tell him and let you know about you guys. Okay, okay. Shooting from the outside or taking it strong to the basket? Man, back then, shooting from the outside, man, knocking that three-pointer down. Now, I like to dunk it, man. I saw one, matter of fact, a couple of dunks running around on the internet now. Uh just saw this week of me having a chance uh -huh. to get a cup dunk. But I, I, I love shooting threes back then, man, because, boy, I, I was having about, I think, about seven threes a game. Uh-huh. Okay, how about – I'm pretty sure what the answer is here. Scoring or passing? What? <laughs> Listen, yeah, yeah, Robert okay. Jaworski yeah. did not pay me to pass the ball. He made right. that very clear. <laughs> I don't pay you to pass the ball. Shoot the ball. Yes, sir, coach. Yes, sir, I will. <laughs> okay. Billy Ray Bates or Kevin Gamble? Oh, Billy Ray, man. Billy Ray Bates, man. That's my buddy, man. I mean, I, I know him, respect him, and uh, his people and his family, man, in, in, in Mississippi. Kaziesko and all those places, man, he's a legend down there, man. Offense or defense? Well, when I play, it's funny. Offense all day long. But now as a coach, I'm all about that defense, man. I stress that every single day. That's, that's how I coach. We all turn to defense, especially when we get old. <laughs> that's right. You suddenly realize the importance of the defense. Okay. Lakers or Celtics? Lakers. My son is a Lakers fan, so he loved LeBron James. So I'm all about the Lakers because of him. All right. Mm -hmm. Brad Doherty or Lenny Bias? Wow. Now, it's interesting you would talk about – I know both of those guys. Brad they Doherty. Were, they, I, they were the top picks in the year that you were drafted. So. That's exactly right. And I told Brad to not to come to Clemson to go to North Carolina. If I'm coming out of North Carolina, there ain't no way in the world I wouldn't go to North Carolina. So he went to North Carolina, became the number one player, and Len Bias was the absolute 6'8 chisel from granite. Incredible super athlete, man. So mm -hmm. uh, we was in the same draft. You're right. Uh, he came out too, and I was 31. So to have a chance to be a part of that same draft with Lenny Bias was very special. So which one is it, Brad Dorothy or Lenny Bias? Lenny Bias. Lenny Bias. Yeah. Okay. What yeah, could have been? What, what could have been. been? That's right. That's right. Yeah, okay. I'm a Celtics uh, fan because. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he's a Celtics fan. I'm a Laker fan. Ewing or Olajuwon? Oh man, Patrick, you and I came at the same time. So Patrick, my buddy, man, Patrick Ewing. Okay. Charles Barkley or Carmelo? Charles Barkley, man. That big boy. Come on, right. man. Ball head. That's my buddy. Okay. okay. Magic, Michael, or Larry? MJ, my classmate, man. MJ and I go way back, man. We got a lot of fun memories, man. Playing ball, playing golf, okay. hanging out, and just being, you know, with young men Ooh. back then was doing. So, MJ. Playing or coaching? Wow. Man, you ain't going to believe this, man. I, I, I love coaching. God. I go, I go to bed with it. I wake up with it. I just left it a while ago, man. And to win a while ago with my, my, my young team, man, was just so rewarding. Driving home, trying to get here before 8.55 so I can get on the phone with you guys. I told my wife, we don't have time to stop and eat. I got to get back because Charlie's waiting on me. I got to get inside the studio. We got to go. So, Charlie, man, you got my whole school, man. Everybody's talking about you, man, at Central High School. I'm talking about it was people came in that room, man, when Mr. Taylor was hooking us up, right, getting everything done. <laughs> All the kids, man, was talking about – now I get a chance to show this to everybody because I didn't know how everybody in America can see this. You know, now that I know you guys are recording it, I'm going to put this stuff on Facebook. I got about 5,000 followers, man. 
Everybody in the world gonna be able to see this this interview, man. So I'm looking forward. We're gonna to make it. sure. We're gonna make sure everyone can see that. Yeah. We'll send you all the links and the links. possible links. Okay, just a couple more. Number one, Denzel or Will Smith. Denzel's my man. Will. Okay. I'm, I'm praying for Will Smith, but Denzel, the coolest brother in the world. Plus, he loves the Lord, man. Brother, save. Awesome man. Awesome actor. Awesome person. Denzel Watson is a man. Okay. The next is. Show the photo. Which one? Man. Oh, Pacino. Pacino. Yes. Pacino. Okay. That's the man. Denzel or Pacino? Denzel, man. Denzel yeah. all the way. Okay, okay. So that is XSROs for this episode 153 of An Eternity of Basketball, brought to us by HinalabanFarms.com. Okay, who's next? Jay, I think it's you. Yeah, our next segment is called Seriosong Tanong or Serious Questions. Seriosong Tanong. Seg- uh, del- delicious, aromatic, and crispy chili garlic bits in pure coconut oil. Wow. Made with natural, locally sourced ingredients. No preservatives, no artificial flavorings, no salt. Ito ang chili garlic na seriosong manghang at kaya kang ipaglaban di gaya ng ex mo. Alright, Joe. Coach, who is the better player? You or Tommy Davis? Man, come on. <laughs> T, I love you. T, I love you. That's why I say, Tommy, give me the ball. Give me the ball, T. <laughs> I, I average 53 for a reason. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's the serious answer to your serious question, Jay. <laughs> well, according to Joe, it's not even a serious question because oh, yeah. Yeah. the answer is clear. All you got to do is ask the people that Manila, they'll tell you. <laughs> all right, all right. So that, that was a quick answer to that. There you uh, go. <laughs> okay, let's serious tanong brought to you by Seriosa Chili Garlic Sauce. Okay. <laughs> oh, Mr. Ventura, how about you? Yeah. Um, well, uh, before I go with my uh, segment, uh, Joe, I'd just like to say Aldrin sent me a message and he said he was nearly brought to tears by your message so <laughs> he sent me a private message he, he was well, thanking and, me and, and he said and yeah look what he posted he's ready to die now just because you greeted him <laughs> hey Aldrin, no not yet man come I on thought, I, thought I, I thought i saw that you're ready to die don't go home there <laughs> no, no. No, no. i saw that i saw that yet, now, man, you know all throughout the show i've been seeing some special people some of my family yeah. man eileen you'll see all those comments coach when you watch it back yeah yes 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 eileen and, and uh auntie ruth Auntie Ruth, man, and the ministry there. So those are my, my family. I call them my family. You know, we, we travel okay. together, man. So it, 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 to see everybody flashing up, man, it's just been wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Well, my question, Joe, is uh, if you had a chance to have dinner with any basketball player, past or present, you know, living or dead, who would it be and why? Um. The same two guys, man, that I talked about. I, I go to dinner with Dr. J. I've done it. I, I enjoy it, man. But to have a chance to spend some time with Pete Maravich again, it, it, hands down, man. Pete and I used to have some very deep conversation, man. And to talk with Pete and him tell you about life and, and what it means to him and, and uh, his experiences it was always a joy, man, to be able to talk to that brother, man. So Pete Maravich would probably be my number one guy. Yeah. Okay. Listen. Great answer, I, Joe. Yeah. I have I have one last question. We didn't we didn't touch on it much earlier, but uh, just 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 shortly, tell us about your relationship with Doctor J. Man, Doc, man. Like I said, I, uh, when I met him in high school, he gave me a pair of shoes. They said Doctor J, Converse, size 
16, 17. I used to, I mean, I cherish those shoes, man. And so like Pete, Dr. J was so kind, so nice to me, man. So when he talked to me and encouraged me, who would have known that I would grow up one day to sign with the 76ers and get a chance to play for my high school junior high idol, the same team that he played on. So when I signed with the 76ers with, with, with them until they signed Hershey Hawkins, that was a special time for me, man. So Dr. J, who now lives in Atlanta, Georgia, who, by the way, I will be contacting real soon to ask him if he would come to Knoxville, Tennessee, and do a fundraiser for me to help raise funds for my program to speak on behalf of uh, my team and to uh, so I can sell tickets and everything. So I'll be contacting Doc soon to say, Doc, come and help me out. <laughs> okay, you can introduce him to Charlie too. So. Big time. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> we'll give it a good talk to him. Okay, before we end our uh, episode, uh, Coach Joe, uh, we have one last thing. It's called Hello Porky. Uh, and this is the greeting portion. That's what the, that's what the announcer on the PBA back then, Joe Cantada, I don't know if you remember him. Yes. Uh, that, that's what he used to say that to his son every day. Hello Porky when he'd start the coverage. So this is the greeting portion, Coach. In your long career, you know, you've, you've worked with so many people. I'm sure there are some people you want to thank, you want to acknowledge, you, or you just want to shout out to. You can do that now before we end. Well, I mean, especially in the Philippines, you know, and, and, and like I say, you know, Aunt Ruthie and Eileen. Eileen, unfortunately, lost her husband who was gunned down in their backyard. And I just talked to her a few days ago. I think she lives in, 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 in Dubai now. But she was just saying how difficult it was, man. But her kids and her family and Aunt Ruthie, and all the fans, man, Joey and, and, and uh, all my, my teammates, you know, Mark and JC Leviste, uh, Mr. Leviste, Mr. Leviste, I'm not sure, you know, how they're doing now, man. But to be able to, to say hello to those guys, man, they were special people that I spent a lot of time with, man. You know, as we used to go shopping, get my suits made, my shoes made freshly. That was awesome, man. So to everyone in the Philippines, man, I miss y'all dearly. I love y'all so much. Guys, it was funny. Uh, I'm with Sprint and and, and now T-Mobile. And you know, the people that I deal with and paying my bills all the time, they're all Filipino. So I never miss an opportunity to tell them, <laughs> I played for Añejo. They say, no what? No way. This is Joe Ward? I say, yep, this is Joe Ward who played with Añejo. Great conversation with all the people that worked there for Sprint and T-Mobile. Love you guys. Thank you for being helpful to me over the years. I appreciate you guys so much. <laughs> and you are so well loved here in the Philippines, Joe. You played one conference, but look at the memories. Everybody still yeah. remembers you and, and everything you did, and and all the talent that you showed on that basketball court at the Ultra, in front well, of all those fans. What's what's the name of the new arena now? Uh, well, well they still use they, they still use the Ultra, uh, yeah. but it's but it's a it's got a different name though. Sometimes Phil they use it, it's called the Phil Sports Arena, but they use the Mall of Asia Arena and the old Araneta Coliseum where the Thriller in Manila happened. Uh, they still use that now. Really? So, yeah. It's like playing in the NBA over there. I mean, it looks like an NBA game when you're playing in the Philippines now. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah they had a preseason game here, the Pacers and the Rockets, 2013. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And at the Mall of yeah. Asia Arena. They, yeah. And the FIBA yeah. World Cup will be held here next year. Yeah. Oh, it will be. Yeah, the yeah. Basketball World Cup is going to be here in August next you, year. Maybe you, you can should, come over. You should come over. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. Charlie, man, I'm going to hang out with you when I come over, man. You yeah. got me a place yeah, to stay with I'll take care of you, no problem. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, Jay's going to pay for everything, but I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the guy with you. Though. Jay's going to pay for it. He's the big uh, guy. Uh, I would love to come, man. That'd be special. Yeah. Uh, there's a last message from Eileen. I see. Wow. Yes, right. I used to say that all the time. I could do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Eileen, thank you for sharing that, sweetheart. I love you so much. Give my love to the boys and the family and everything. Give them a big hug for me. 
Before we go, I'd like to thank, uh, of course, the usual people, the PBA Archives and the PH Sports Bureau. Thanks a lot for helping us out with the photos and all the information. Of course, we're powered by San Miguel Corporation in cooperation with the rest of our sponsors on this show. Thanks, everybody. We are part of the Globally Ballin Network. Thanks to the Globally Ballin Network, Claudia, behind the scenes, Aaron, of course, Carla, and the rest of the group. And then uh, we'd like to greet our birthday celebrants from the past two weeks because we didn't have a show last week. So these are the guys who celebrated their birthdays. Vic Sanchez, Jimmy Manansala, referee Jess Thompson, coach Joe Lipa, coach Turo Valenzona, Yoyo Villamin, Rick Katakutan, that's today, and Norman that's Black right. celebrating his birthday today as well. So those wow. are the birthday celebrants from our AOB family. Uh, well, I hope uh, everything's okay with you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, everyone. Okay, yeah. um, we're going to announce our next guest very soon. Watch for it on our Facebook page. I hope uh, everything pans out for that. And then, okay, so we're signing off right now. Coach Joe, thanks so much for sharing your stories. Yes. It's been great, and we really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to sign off now from episode 153. It's in the books for Sid Ventura and Jay Mercado and Noel Zarate, who's not here with us today. I'm Charlie Kuna, episode 153, signing off right now. God bless everybody. God Thank you bless. all. Coach Joe, I'll be in touch. Thank Let's you. talk. Mm-hmm. Pleasure Thank to you. meet you. Thank, Thank you for you. coming on the show. All right, Lesson, everybody. Lesson we'll see you, you next all. week. Love you guys. All right, Lesson Coach Joe. Now go, go you, have coach. some dinner, Coach. I'm going to go get some to eat right now. You guys got me hungry. All right. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much, Coach. Ingat po kayo lahat. Kita-kita po tayo next week. All right. Bye. Thanks, Claude.